we want to continue on um, searching this morning, and um, we go back to Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 12 to verse 14, um, talking about the uh, perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ and um, looking at uh, the spiritual side to our victory on the earth. Now it says in Hebrews 10 here, verse 12, it says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, uh, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified, and then 15 says, uh, whereof, the, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, um, next verse, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So it tells us in verse 13, it says here in verse 13, uh, from henceforth, um, expecting until his enemies be made his footstool. And what we say here is that Jesus, after he offered um, one sacrifice once and for all, has so much confidence in that particular sacrifice of his body and his blood that he holds on to one expectation, and that is that his enemies, all of them, be made his footstool. Uh, be made his footstool simply means that um, Jesus Christ now says, by this sacrifice, it has now become possible for every single member of my body to experience complete victory and have all of the opposition subdued underneath their feet. In other words, that they walk in absolute victory. Now, the first thing we have to make sure we clarify in the minds of people, and wrong teaching may have produced that, is that people, and this is one of the reasons why people get defeated, uh, Christians especially, they think that because I am now born again and I'm a child of God, that what that, what that guarantees is that I should not go through any difficulty, all right, nor have challenges or tribulation, that that is not the norm for the Christian life, and it's just uh, the value is almost like nuisance value. There is really no value in it because as a Christian, it shouldn't happen. Now, Jesus didn't just say it may happen. Jesus said with all certainty, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Not that you may have tribulation. It's guaranteed that you are going to go through a warfare. Uh, things are going to be thrown at you. He said, but here is what we guarantee. Be of good cheer because I have overcome them. 
So what he says is, he has overcome them, not that you will not go through them. So a lot of people, first of all and foremost, they are psychologically defeated and can put in, all right, the kind of, uh, not effort, but the kind of pushback that is required in order, all right, to obtain the victory. Because somewhere on the inside, they feel, right, that everything just should fall and work, you know, for them without any form of resistance because they are born again Christians. And that is not right. Uh, the finished work of Jesus doesn't exempt us from that. The finished work of Jesus guarantees that we experience victory now when it happens. Uh, the finished work of Jesus tells us in the midst of tribulation, we can walk in perfect peace. Uh, the finished work of Jesus tells you that you will come out victorious, but it also tells you that the only way in which, through your life, it can be proven, which is the ultimate thing, that Jesus was raised from the dead and he conquered all the forces of darkness, is that you win your own battles within your space. Uh, so first things first, you are not exempted for, from it. So like the scripture says, quit ye like men and fight. In other words, if you are not psychologically prepared for that, then you even get defeated at the appearance of it. So that's the first thing we've got to understand here. That one, there will be tribulation. Two, all right, you cannot obtain complete and total victory and win absolutely in every single battle. And then the third one is who is the person who is fighting the battle? Is it you? All right, the scripture tells us in Hebrews 1.13, and this is why victory is certain. It says, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So it's the father that told Jesus, I will make the enemies thy footstool. It tells us in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20 that the God of all peace, Paul was telling the church at Rome, shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And that's what he was promising and telling Jesus in Hebrews 1.13 that the God of all peace shall bruise Satan, sit until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Then Romans 16.20, the God of all peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. So there's some time period, but God says, I will bruise Satan under your feet. That is, I will bring Satan, all right, underneath your feet shortly. And it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, all right, be with you. Amen. So, I'm sure there will be some time, all right, when this will play out, this warfare. But God says, I am the one who will bring Satan underneath your feet. And he was the one that told the serpent that your seed will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman referring to Christ as that seed, and he shall bruise your head. 
And so that's the fulfillment of the declaration that he made in the garden at the point where man fell. He shall bruise your head, it's a seed of a man shall bruise your head, while you bruise its heel. And so God is working that out in the midst of every single believer and collectively and individually. And so when, uh, all right, you come against something and the enemy comes in like a flood, the father says, I am going to so bruise Satan, all right, under your feet shortly. In other words, I'm going to bring about a victory. So it is not you. You are seated together with Jesus, resting in what he has done. Uh, the Father is the one who is at work, except you are saying that the situation will defeat God. All right, then can somebody say, well, I may not come out of this or I may lose. Uh, once we understand it's God who is fighting, once we understand that it's our God that is able to do this, then we know that we turn to him, and whatever he tells you in scripture, I will. He's saying, ask me therefore to do that when you are in any situation, for you are praying according to my will. It is my will to bruise Satan under your feet. So number one, first one established is, you are not exempt from it, all right? In fact, through it is how what Jesus did on the cross is going to, you're going to give witness to it within your life. Uh, the second thing we understand is, one, it comes, number two, victory, all right, is certain through the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, when he offered the sacrifice, he sat and said, now let us watch all right, my children going to things, and then the Father rising on their behalf to subdue those things underneath their own feet there. And said, we said, the third thing is the Father, all right, that is going to do it, and therefore it always starts in answer to prayer. Knowing that, then you know, right, you find yourself in that kind of situation don't fight it your own self, right? Ask the Father. For example, the Bible says, when Michael came against, and they were fighting over the body of Moses, that even the archangel said, the Lord rebuked thee, that he did not, now that's not the scripture here, right? He did not talk about when they contend over the body of Moses, I think it's in Jude. He said, the Lord rebuked thee which means that it was God that was going to be the one who was going to rebuke, all right, uh, Satan there and to bring about the victory in uh, warfare. So the Lord rebuked him. So you are looking to God as the source of your victory. The warfare is not you against Satan, right? It's not you fighting the principalities and powers. It's the Father subduing them underneath you as you take your position in Christ Jesus. So there'll be that. So Michael the archangel, when he contending with the devil about the body of Moses, does not bring a railing accusation against him, which means he didn't say I'm the one fighting. But what he said was, the Lord rebuked thee. Now, many people think in this, they are the ones doing the fight or the war there. The battle belongs to the Lord, all right? You just stand in your position 
or stand still and let him work out his salvation within your own life there. So, how then do we go about this? First thing is, right, we offer up prayers when we find ourselves in such situations. Now, get into this as the first step. Well, we're going to look at four things that you must do, right? You must understand that the warfare is not you against the forces of darkness. Uh, the warfare here is the Father in honor of the blood of Jesus subduing that situation underneath your feet. And there's a time period that the Bible calls short when that victory will come once we are doing what we are supposed to do. When we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we prolong it. So what should take 40 days took 40 years because of the disobedience. I will get to that of the children of Israel. They disobeyed God in it. All right? So the first thing is, look at Psalm chapter 2 here in terms of prayer. It says, the kings of the earth set themselves and the ruler take counsel against, together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And then in verse 4, it says, he that sitteth in the heavens, uh, so we are talking about Jesus here who is seated, shall laugh. And the Lord shall have them in derision. That's in confusion. And he shall speak to them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Then he goes on, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. So Jesus is saying this. The father said to him, thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Now it tells us, look at verse 1 here. It says, look at verse 1 here. Put verse 1. All right. It says, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Verse 2, it says, it says, the kings set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed. Then go to verse 8. Go to verse 8. And then it says in verse 8, ask of me. All right. No, from verse 7. It says in verse 7, I will declare the decree. Uh, the Lord had said to me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Uh, the day of the battle there, it says I have begotten thee. Now what are you supposed to do? Verse 8 here, uh, this is the decree. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen. Now this is the heathen that is raging, imagining vain things. For thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth, for thy possession. And then he says, Thou shalt break them in pieces with the rod of iron. So the first thing is to go to God in prayer. And when you offer up the prayer, this has to be your mindset, and I will show it from Scripture, that when things begin to happen, and the enemy might come in on the attack, and you experience some measure of pushback, that it's not the time for you to consolidate, which means your mindset. Let me see how I can consolidate, which means let me just hold on to what I have. All right? And go on the defensive, which is you just have that, let me protect what I have. But you must think about expansion during that time. That is the way to victory there. In other words, enlarge your tent. It says, ask of me. It says, this day have I begotten thee. All right? God wants to do something 
in you in that day, when the kings raged, the people imagined vain things and they said, and the war came. It says, ask of me, I will give thee the heathen. In other words, expand your territory now, right? Expand, lengthen your cords there, enlarge your tents there. Don't consolidate, don't go on the defensive, all right? Don't reduce the vision and the dream of your life. Don't make an, don't adjust to what is going on on the outside and make it affect the type and nature of prayers that you are offering up unto God, right? But what you should do in prayer is to launch a counterattack by asking God for something greater, which means more territory, all right? Aggressively in prayer, expanding your vision. It's a secret to victory here, all right? Don't begin to play confinement. Don't begin to, you know, reduce. When I was make that mistake and we just, you know, get into this, at least I came out and, you know, I, I don't know, you expand. You're, you're, that's when you should ask, all right, for things that, I mean, the hidden came. It says, ask, and I will give you the hidden for your inheritance, the utmost part of the earth for thy possession, right? Maybe something happens in the economy, uh, you are in a kind of business that is dollar-based and, and the Naira crashed and people now begin to think smaller and say, let's just accommodate this. No, it's time, all right, to offer up a prayer according to the vision that is inside your heart. Go deep on the inside, find what you really believe about your future, what you have faith on the inside for, the dream as you see it on the inside of yourself, and offer up that prayer, or else it will not be a prayer coming from your heart. For Jesus always said, as you have believed, according to your own faith. And God showed me something. He said, if there was no faith for that thing in the first place, there will be no attack. He says, because the attack is that the trial of your faith. So what the enemy is trying to do is to take something that is already on the inside of you. Now, you might have been keeping it, you know, waiting for the moment, all right, that this thing will be fulfilled. Now, once the pressure comes, it says, when there's a casting down, and others are saying that, you should have this attitude, it's a paradigm, if you're going to win the warfare, that there's a lifting up, which means the time has now come. That's why I said, this day have I begotten thee. The time has now come for the fulfillment of that particular thing. So begin to pray it out loud. I mean, if somebody was very wealthy, right? You had a very wealthy man who said he was going to help you, I mean, really wealthy. And then God said, yeah, so think about it this way. And then let's assume that one minute arm of his business was that in a mall, he had a shop where they used to sell things. And then you heard the mall, he promised you something. And then you heard the mall got bonds. And then you called the man and said, excuse me, sir. I said, yes. I said, well, I, you know, I, I, you, you don't have to keep your word again. I understand what you have gone through and the loss that you have. And the man looks at you and says, wait a minute. Are you telling me, I mean, you just think about any rich white Niger. Are you telling me that that small shop, all right, and something happened to that small shop, you are evaluating, all right, my, my wealth according to that tiny thing. And sometimes when those things happen and we reduce our dream, and, and, and we, you know, cut, all right, the size, and we now make an adjustment, all right, on the inside. It's because we don't trust that 
God has the resource and the power, all right, and we're evaluating things according to what is going on on the outside, which means we are seeing our own selves as the source. We look at our network, we look at our intellect, look at all of that and say, can this thing happen even though we are calling God, but really and truly self, all right, is the source. And this is one of the shifts that God wants to make. To take you off the place of self is not you winning this battle, is God fighting for you. That's why when Jehoshaphat and God said, stand still, the enemies were always bigger, all right, than the people, all right? And sometimes we don't want to say the enemies are bigger or stronger, but the situation is by being overwhelming, which means that what you are coming up against has more capacity, right, than you, your own self, which means that it's stronger, it's more formidable. So what you are doing is you are looking to God as your source, and God is saying, I will give you complete victory. So begin to pray from your heart. Pray out your vision, all right? Pray out, all right, all right, your faith. Uh, somebody had always had a dream. Maybe they have just one shop, and they want to, they thought about it, I need to, you know, expand my shops and all of that. And then something happens, and you lose critical staff in the office, and then you say, or in the, at work, and then say, well, let's reduce this. All right, that's the time to now start offering up the prayer. That God, where are the new outlets that we're going to open up? How many outlets do you want us to open up? That's when you become aggressive. All right, that's where you show dependency upon God there. That's when, all right, you put in the fight. That's how to win. All right, once you begin to play on the defensive, what is going to happen is you are going to play it for a very long time. You know, an elderly friend of mine told me something uh, years ago. He said something happened to him and that he, he said it was a lesson he learned in life. He had decided he was going to get married. Let's assume he says, I'm married on the 15th of September. All right? He said then suddenly something happened in August. He lost his father. And so the family met to set the date for the funeral, all right, service. And they put it, let's say, on the 8th of September, which was one week to his wedding. And so what they said to him was that, so they came to the house and said, well, you have to postpone your wedding. You know, your father died. We have to bury your father and everything. And so they left, his uncles and everybody. And when they left, his mother called him, who was the only son of his, or child of his mother. And the mother said, what did they come to say? He said, they told me to postpone the wedding. The mother said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm not postponing anything. Uh, so the mother said, you've done right. That if you move that thing, because of what happened, that thing might never happen again. So keep that date. So he said, what he did was that he decided, I mean, people don't know the security, people keep shifting things to accommodate what the enemy is doing. All right? And they lose out. They, they don't understand this here. All right? So, because we base things on the external. People are, are, are thrown by things on the outside. Even though they say we are operating in faith. Really, they are rooted on what's going on the outside. So, he said he bought all the drinks, all right, for his wedding, for his father's funeral. When he finished his father's funeral, he loaded the remainder of drinks into a truck and said, head for the venue of my wedding, which was another town, and go and wait, all right? People, the same uncles that were at the funeral came to eat, all right, at the wedding. They didn't say they were not going to eat. They were eating and they were rejoicing, all right? And he looked at them, and these were people who said, postpone it and all of that. And what happens sometimes, we begin to shift things to accommodate. And when you shift things to accommodate and show respect 
to what the external forces are doing, we don't understand that we send a signal into the realm of the spirit that really and truly we respect what the enemy is doing and we are accommodating that. And you do that, all right, you start losing. So it's important at that point to offer a prayer. Esther, when the warfare came, what did Mordecai tell her? The warfare came, he said, if you hold your peace, the enlargement. He didn't just say the recovery. He said the enlargement. In other words, when there's crisis, God wants to enlarge your coast. He said the enlargement and the deliverance will come from somewhere else. And we saw the nation and the Jewish people promoted during that time. Mordecai getting into position, all right? The Jewish people taking, all right, control of the environment in Babylon at that particular point in time, who were hidden prior to the time where Haman launched the attack. Haman lost his position. There was a privileged position he was thinking about. Mordecai went into that space, all right, the Jews. So we shouldn't just think about defending what we have, but we think that this is the time for expansion. This is the time where what is inside our heart that we have kept for so long, like Esther did not show her identity, but carried it on the inside of herself, and you have a dream that is inside you, then something seems to be going wrong. Says you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. This is the moment for enlightenment, and this is the moment here to experience that particular thing. So don't have that, all right, mindset, have an expansionist mindset, which means that our coasts are going to be enlarged. That's why I said, ask of me and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance, the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.